Welcome to another edition of the Born 87 podcast. On today's pod, we are doing a Jets fantasy football preview. So, Adam, uh, if you had to sum before we get into uh, player by player, if you had to summarize it, what would your advice be to people about drafting Jets in fantasy? I'll quote my wife here. So I told her um, what we were doing today. We're doing a Jets fantasy football podcast. And she said, why are you doing that? Why would you draft a Jet? It's like, yeah, that's that's my advice. Don't don't do it. Um, so just just turn us off. No. Um, so we're we're gonna go through each of the fantasy relevant Jets and talk about maybe their upside, their downside. Who would you rather have than them? Um, should be a blast. I'm looking forward to. It. I love talking about fantasy football. Even though we should we should put a big disclaimer. I'm very bad at fantasy football. I do a ton of research. I like do a hundred thousand mock drafts. I watch film. I do everything that you should do to be good at fantasy football. And every year, pretty much, I I'm bad. I, and our, we're in a fantasy football league for ten years, and I've made the playoffs. I think three times. Two in the last three years, though. And uh, most of the times, I end up just crying myself to sleep. So you shouldn't you shouldn't listen to me. I don't know why you're still listening to this podcast. <laughs> No, no, please, please, please keep listening. Uh, we at least just don't do what I tell fun. you to. Do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, although me and you might be the most irrational Jet fans when it comes to fantasy football in our league. Last year, so it's, it's a keeper league where you keep two guys. Last year, you became the first person in the history of the league to keep a Jet when you kept Le'Veon Bell. And well, like, I drafted, I, I traded for Le'Veon Bell before he was a Jet. And then I kept him with the hope that somebody would trade for him. And I got lucky because you traded for him. It gave me, what was it, Chris Carson, Adam Thielen, who immediately got injured after that. Uh, but I was pretty happy with the deal in the moment. Yeah, so you, you kept Le'Veon Bell. I traded for Le'Veon Bell. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the history of the league to draft a uh, Jed in the first round a few years back when I took uh, Brandon Marshall. You always irrationally like Brandon Marshall. I wouldn't say it's an irrational liking of Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall was a really good football player, and he did have one really good year with the Jets. The problem is it was the only really good year with the Jets, and I took him the year after he had the good year with the Jets. I don't know why we're talking about Brandon Marshall. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the best Jet fantasy player of all time, who would you think say it is? I mean, for me, I'd probably say Thomas Jones was really fantasy relevant for a couple of years. Are we talking? Are we talking on a one-year basis or like for their whole Jet career? On a one-year basis, because for their whole career. On a one-year basis, it was Brandon Marshall that one year. It had to okay. be. Okay. Brand- I'd have to look at the stats. This, this is this is bad. This is bad. This podcasting. is bad podcast. We could just we could say I, Thomas Jones was a good running back to have when he was on the Jets. Yeah, I mean, not as many people played uh, fantasy football back in the day, but uh, we did. I mean, Curtis Martin had some crazy years. That's true. Curtis Martin was amazing. I don't think we were playing fantasy football when Curtis Martin was at his best. The answer to the question, it's clearly Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, in 2015 with the Jets, had 109 catches for 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. That is the best Jet fantasy year of all time. Has to be. Wonderful. Okay. All right, let's get started. So today we're going to run through um, different fantasy players on the Jets that you might consider drafting, and uh, we'll just give you our our thoughts on it. Um, Spoiler alert, we're probably not going to end up drafting any of these players. And and we're breaking some news here, Justin. Can I break some news on the podcast? Oh, we love to break news on the podcast. So today's a very exciting day for Justin and I and our fantasy football league. It's our keeper deadline. When you listen to this, the keepers will will be announced. So as Justin mentioned, he does have Le'Veon Bell on his team, but... 
breaking news, he's not keeping him. He's not going to be one of his two keepers. Le'Veon Bell. Uh, unless something, unless, well, technically the keeper uh, deadline is in like nine hours. So unless something really crazy happens in the next nine hours, I will not be keeping uh, Le'Veon Bell. Right? We're but, breaking uh, news. All right. So breaking. the so the first player we're going to talk about is Sam Darnold. Um, for each player, we'll run through just some fantasy relevant stats, and then we'll go into our analysis. So his uh, ECR, and for those of you who don't know, fantasy, fantasy Pros aggregates... Um, you can you can sort how you aggregate it. Different uh, fantasy analysts, and it spits out a ranking, which is just a comp, like an average of where all those uh, uh, rankers have a player. So their ECR for Sam Darnold is 168. In case you were curious, that's bad. Um, the best ranking anyone had him at was 101. The worst was 254. His average draft position is 149, which is you know right pretty close to his ECR. The general public is a little higher on him than the experts are. That's because there's a lot of Irrational Jet fans out there. Sorry, Irrational Jet fans. Last year, he threw for uh, just over 3,000 yards. He had 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, which, in case you were curious, was three more interceptions than uh, our good friend Mitchell Trubisky. Um, last year, he was the 41st best fantasy quarterback. Way to go. But he did um, miss three games. He did miss he three did. games. Uh, he Stafford almost had more points than him, and Stafford only played in eight games. He, uh, as... Our outline says, I didn't know this, so I guess Justin put this into our outline. He was a top 10 fantasy QB in weeks 11 to 17. Jet fans, as you'll remember, the Jets played very bad defenses in weeks 11 to 17. Justin, anything you'd like to say about our, our good friend Sam? So, as, as it pertains, so with Sam Darnold, I, I guess what I would say with Sam Darnold is I think I like him more as the future quarterback of the team I root for than necessarily a big fantasy asset in 2020. Uh, did you know that Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow? I didn't, but now I do. So thanks for telling me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one. And I, I, I would I, rather I say have this, Joe Burrow, Justin, though. But the point, the point being is that Sam Darnold is still a crazy young Asset. Joe Burrow was just the number one overall pick in the draft, and Joe Burrow is older than Sam Darnold, who has two years of NFL experience under his belt. And for let's just play this out. So Sam Darnold left USC after his sophomore season. If Sam Darnold had played his junior and senior years at USC and be, been eligible for the draft in 2020, he probably gets drafted at the exact same spot in 2020 that he was drafted in 2018. Like, he wouldn't have been drafted had Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow had maybe the greatest college season of all time. Uh, he probably gets drafted right after. He's probably drafted, like, second or third overall. He would have been drafted ahead of any of the other QBs drafted in uh, 2020. So I mean, I, we are not one to make this evaluation, because neither one of us really watches college football. But I'm not so sure that people would say that he's a better prospect than Tua. I know Tua had some, has a lot of injury concerns. Well, you have to factor in the, the injury. That's why, again, you have to factor in the injuries with Tua. I certainly rather have him than Justin Herbert. Yes. Uh, point being is that I don't. I think when you look at Sam Darnold uh, as far as you know long-term prospect, I don't think a lot has changed over the last two years. I think he's definitely shown enough uh, composure and enough on the field where you know he certainly could be. I usually still describe be players who see ghosts as being composed. He he certainly lost his composure against the. Patriots defense, famously. Fa yes, he did famously and lose his... 
he throws an awful lot of interceptions, which is not. But he did a win after the someone. Patriot game last year. He again, it was against bad competition because it just played a really easy schedule. But he did win more after that Patriot game last year. He did win more games than he lost. I mean, as a starter last year, he won more games than he lost. He was seven and six as a starter. All this goes back around to saying that again. I think Sam Darnold is a better uh, asset as a you know quarterback. He's still a very young man at just twenty three years old. But as far as whether or not he's going to be a top fantasy quarterback, I don't know that that would be the case. Uh, I mean, they've certainly put a better offensive line in front of him, but he doesn't exactly have the best weapons, as you'll hear in the rest of this podcast as we go through. Who I'm those a little higher on the Jets' are. weapons than most people are, but they're not—they're not elite. They're not top 15 weapons. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing in a two-quarterback league, go ahead and draft Sam Donald. I certainly think there's reason to think he could be like a top 24 quarterback. Fantasy well, quarterback so in the NFL this year will I, he be a top twelve I, quarterback? Probably our, not. Our pronouncement is don't don't draft him. But I'm looking at their schedule. Like, are there any of these teams that you want to stream him against? So I'm sorry, Jet fans. I know you love this team. They have the highest strength of schedule in the league, um, behind the Patriots. Last year that was not the case. They had a much easier schedule, even though their first couple games were hard. Like, it's a good chance that he doesn't have a great season. Um, so who could you stream him against? Um, so they're playing the Dolphins on November 15th. They're playing the Dolphins again on November 29th. So maybe after that Patriot game on the November 9th, you pick him up and you can you can have him on your 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 team for three weeks. So he does have the bye on the 22nd. On the 6th, they're going up against the Raiders. Um, so that's another team with a really weak defensive backfield. Then they're going up against Seattle and the Rams and then the Browns. Like he, I mean, if you're if you if you really wanted him on your team, you in theory could pick him up on the 15th and just keep him in on your court as a, your backup quarterback and potentially start him um, depending on who else you had up until I'm, that last. I mean, yeah, those weeks you're talking about toward the end of the season. I mean, if uh, some of those uh, defenses that they play down the stretch, Miami twice, uh, now yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders. Clay, yeah, exactly. Like if, if you had a quarterback injury and you needed uh, to pick up well, somebody. Well, not even in a quarterback playoffs. injury, Justin. So a lot of people stream quarterbacks. So you, this is you true. might you might wait till pretty late in your your draft to take a QB. Maybe you have Brady on your roster, um, and you just you want to stream. So in those weeks, he's definitely streamable. I would not have him on your roster in the first part of the season when they're playing Pittsburgh. Uh, sorry, that's the preseason game when they're playing Buffalo, San Francisco, Indy, Denver, um, Arizona. Who knows? The Chargers, the Bills again. The Chiefs have a better defensive back. I wouldn't I wouldn't have him on your roster in those first couple of weeks. Um, yeah. he, and as I we saw I, last year, even though it was against weaker comp, and it seems like their schedule might break down the same way again this year in terms of, you know, maybe they play some easier defenses down the stretch. He was a top 10 fantasy quarterback weeks 11 to 17 last year. Uh, maybe that could be the case. But as, I know as that said, people are saying that on the 13th they're playing the Seahawks. Like, oh, they have a great defense. Guys, the, the Seahawks roster isn't as full of talent as you think. I know they have Jamal Adams. That's, that's who's going to be out for blood in that game? Yeah. I I wouldn't be as afraid of the Seahawks defense as I think a lot of other people are. I could see the Seahawks not being as good this year. So I, if you want right, to win a team, pick them up late in the season. All right, so let's play a little game. Uh, would you rather have as a and again, this is not as your quarterback of the future or even who I want to win a game, but as a fantasy asset or a fantasy player this year, who would you rather? We're gonna play a game of Would you rather have Sam Darnold or this guy? So uh, we'll start off. Would you rather have Sam Darnold or Drew Locke? Drew Lock, I, I take Donald. So, Drew Lock's uh, got much better weapons. He's got elite weapons. 
He's got like tons of wide receivers, three running backs. Drew Locke might just hit because it's easier we, for him to throw the ball. Um, I just worry. I don't know. I guess we just haven't seen a lot of Drew Locke, so I just question how good he's going to be. Uh, this has been a weird offseason. Yeah, me season. too. But, but um, Locke yeah. could hit in the beginning of the season, why I think Darnold, as I mentioned before, might take a little while, a little while to be fantasy relevant. Definitely possible. All right, next one. Sam Darnold or Philip Rivers? Philip Rivers. How about you? I'm also going Darnold because I don't know if Rivers can still play football. Rivers was really, really bad last year. And Rivers had a really, really a bad million... offensive line last year, and now he has the best offensive line in all of football. And that's really all a quarterback needs. See, Tom Brady. Uh, I'm just really worried that Philip Rivers is washed up and doesn't have anything left. I, I mean, and he throws if you're, so if you're looking for an ex, well, so they were playing from behind. He had to throw the ball a lot, and he was constantly under pressure. Like we'll we'll find out. But if he's going to rehab his career, it's going to be under his old coach, and it's going to be with the best offensive line in all of football. And the Jets do not <sighs> have Jets? the best offensive line in all of football. Just but it's much improved over last year. I I would say as in theory it's better. So real quick, I wanted to talk. It'd be about hard to be offense. worse. So Brian Winters, his PFF grade. Um, for those of you Brian don't know, Winters was terrible. Oh, I know. You're thank you for helping my point. So uh, Brian Winters is is terrible. So what PFF does is they have like all these analysts who grade every single play for every single player, and they use that like grading for each um, play to give a, a rating. So Brian Winters PFF grade is sixty two point four. Do you know what George Font's PFF grade was? I do not. 62.2. Do you know what Greg Van Rotten's, I don't know if that's your pronounced name, PFF grade was? I do not. 65.6. Um, so, and you said Brian Winters is terrible, and PFF is considered the, the best at rating. So I, I love I love Joe Douglas. I love that he puts so much emphasis on the offensive line, but I am not so sure that all of those moves are going to work out. Font, he's a big guy. He may play well in the jet scheme. He may continue to grow. He's, he's young. He didn't start playing football till pretty late in his college. Uh, sorry, till he was, I think, in college. So there's a lot of upside with that, but that's not necessarily going to be an elite player. Connor McGovern scored 72, and I, I think Mekhi Beckham is going to be awesome. So there's definitely reasons to be hopeful, but it's not like all their moves were these guys who are going to be amazing and their line is going to be so much better than last year. Sorry, Jet fans. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're we're gonna do that was, that was a long way of uh, debating uh, Rivers versus Sam Darnold. We promise we'll be quicker on these last ones. Uh, Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater? Probably Sam Darnold. I would go Bridgewater. I, I think uh, Carolina is gonna be constantly playing from behind. Um, I think that's a really really bad defense. He has a lot of good weapons. So we so we we have disagreed on all three of these. Well, uh, you're better at fans <laughs> football than me, so people shouldn't listen to me. All right, Darnold or Derek Carr? I would take Derek Carr. I, I, all right, I agree with you there. I would take Derek Carr. Sam Darnold or Tyrod Taylor? Sam Darnold. I agree. I don't think Tyrod Taylor will be starting by like week five. I think uh, they will go to Justin Herbert. So I agree, Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold or Mitch Trubisky? I don't think I would ever put Mitchell Trubisky on my fantasy team and under also, any circumstances. I also think that uh, the Chicago Bears have a Super Bowl MVP on their roster and Nick Foles, and uh, Nick Foles will be starting, not Mitch Trubisky. Assuming Foles is healthy, so I'll take Darnold there. Sam Darnold or Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy G. He was really good. I, I think people are a little underselling Jimmy G this year. I think their offense actually is going to take a step forward, and I think he's going to have a very good season. I actually would place a bet on him to win league MVP. Um, wow! I think, Jimmy G's, 
Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the odds are. They're probably about 25 to 1. If I had to just guess randomly, I could look it up, but I'm, I'm lazy. I think Jimmy G is going to be a monster this year. All right. And the last one... Uh... Well, who would you take Jimmy G over Darnold? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I would. I would take. I would take Jimmy G, but I'll say with the caveat that um, if if Jimmy G was my starter and Darnold was my backup, there definitely would probably be some weeks where I would start Darnold depending upon the matchup. But as a whole, yes, Jimmy G. Uh, last one: Sam Darnold or his elder statesman rookie Joe Burrow? I would take Joe Burrow. I would take Sam Darnold. Joe Burrow's got some really good weapons on that team, and I like their. If, I like if, their if coach. A, I'm not convinced AJ Green is going to be healthy. He hasn't played in two years. If if, if I knew I was getting a healthy AJ Green, then I could see uh, swing that to Joe Burrow. But until I know that, and we're not going to know that in the preseason because there's no preseason games, I will give Darnold the edge there over his elder statesman rookie Joe Burrow. So that was a long time talking about a player who very few people are going to even think about putting on their team. And we're going to transition now into a player who a lot of people will have on their team and will be on at least someone's team in every fantasy league you play on, and that's Le'Veon Bell. Um, so Le'Veon Bell, his ECR, uh, so that's his aggregate uh, rating on Fantasy Pros, was 51. Justin, what round is 51? You're better at math than I am. It always have been. Uh, that would be like an early fifth round. Like an early fifth rounder in a 12-team draft. And what's interesting about this is, uh, so the the experts are actually higher on Bell than the general public. So his ADP is 54. It's not that different. So his best rating is 14, which is, I think, insane. And his worst ranking is 83, which I also think is insane. Last year, he finishes the 17th best running back. Um, I think people thought he actually was worse last year. He, I mean, he wasn't an elite running back, but he does catch passes. He didn't find the end zone that much, but he, he was a workhorse for them. He had 182 fantasy points last year. So uh, his final numbers were 789 rushing yards and 66 receptions for 461 yards. So if that's your floor, that's a pretty nice floor to have for your RB2, RB3. Yeah. So with Le'Veon Bell, this is another situation where, like with Darnold, uh, I like him more as a real-life running back than a fantasy Running back, watching the games last year, there were a lot of times where I felt like Le'Veon Bell did did things which did show off his talent and were important to a game, but didn't necessarily help you a whole lot in fantasy. Just like situations where like, if the Jets had a fourth and one and Le'Veon Bell would fight to get that yard, that's something that's really important in a football game. That's a really important skill as an NFL running back. But from a fantasy standpoint, if you have fourth and one and your running back gets you a yard, that's point one point. So it doesn't help you that much in fantasy, but again, so he's a, you know, a I valuable think, I think guy the deal, to have. I think the deal with Le'Veon Bell is, do you think the Jets line will be above average? So what we know from Le'Veon Bell, I don't think... You look at him, he doesn't look like physically he's that much worse than he used to be when he was on Pittsburgh. He's a patient guy. He made his bread and butter when he waited for good blocks from his line. He was like the best. It was really strange to watch because he starts like seemingly very slow. He waits for these 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 holes and then he hits them. Um, and he wasn't able to do that last year because there, there were no holes. So if you believe in the Jets offensive line, I don't see a reason why he can't return to being elite. I don't necessarily believe in the Jets' offensive line, but I think there's enough of a chance that I'm willing to roll the dice on Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so like we like we played with uh, Darnold, we're going to play a little game. Who would you rather have? So we'll start Le'Veon Bell or Melvin Gordon. So what's weird about this is I would take Gordon earlier, but I'd rather have Bell on my roster. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, I think it can make sense because you'd have to use a uh, you'd have third to use a greater you'd, exactly you'd have to use a third round pick on a guy like Gordon whereas maybe you can get Le'Veon Bell at the end of the fourth beginning of the fifth 
and you'd rather have Bell, you know, with a fifth round pick than Gordon with a third round pick. So I think that's a better way to to preface that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? He's on my do not draft list. I won't touch David Johnson. I don't have to draft him because we have a guy in our league who's got such a bad roster that he has to keep <laughs> David Johnson. Sorry, Rezzy. But yeah, I, I, I would take Friend of the pod, Matt Johnson. Resnick. Yeah, sorry, Rezzy. Sorry that you have to keep David Johnson. Uh, I would also rather have Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell or Mark Ingram? I would take Le'Veon Bell. I think in, I would go a, if they were both starters, it would be a lot closer, but I, I don't, I, I'm not sure Ingram I just th- starts. For the whole season. But Ingram, I just think Ingram isn't such a good offense. I, I'll, I'll give Ingram the slight edge. They have that so offense many is so good. Running backs. But they, it's but Ingram's so their risky. guy. Ingram's their guy in the red zone. For now. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell or David Montgomery? I'm choosing not to answer this one. <laughs> uh, I'll say Le'Veon Bell. I'd rather have Le'Veon Bell. All right. I'll go with David Montgomery. Uh, Le'Veon Bell or Devin Singletary? Devin Singletary is on my do not draft list. Uh, I'll also take Le'Veon Bell there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell or James Conner? I would take James Conner, but I would feel better about Le'Veon Bell, just because Conner is such an injury concern. Yeah, I'll I'll also go Bell. Uh, oh no, you said Conner, so yeah, I'll go Bell. Uh, Le'Veon Bell or Leonard Fournette? That's a, that's very similar to the last couple, right? Like if you're looking for a floor, like you'd want Bell because he's got a pretty high floor. I feel like, uh, but you probably have to take Fournette earlier. I feel like Fournette could just fall off the face of the earth this year. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, I think you got to take Fournette, but reluctantly. And last one, Le'Veon Bell or Chris Carson? Ugh, I had Chris Carson last year. I was so high on him coming into the draft, and I traded for Carson. So I feel like I should say me. Carson. <laughs> right, this is for- funny because we literally traded these guys last year, Bell and Carson. So last year Carson was better, but Carson had a hip injury and he didn't get surgery on it. And we've seen in the past that when guys choose not to get surgery. Sometimes it bites them in the face. I don't know. I can't answer this. It's a wash for me. I'd flip Gun a coin. To... <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm not going to be wish-washy like you. I'll, I'll make a decision. I'll say Carson because I think in the in the weeks that he plays, Carson will provide more uh, fantasy points. If they were both available, I would probably just take somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd have such a hard time with this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that wraps it up for Le'Veon Bell. Um, I mean, Le'Veon... Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he will be a guy owned in all fantasy leagues, unlike, you know, Sam Darnold, who we probably spent way too much time talking about. I mean, I think it's, you know, which is probably relevant because Sam Darnold is our quarterback and we want to talk I about think him. People probably from want a to fantasy talk here, I think people want to hear about Sam Darnold. We're excited yeah, about it. Even if he's not a huge fantasy asset. All right, next guy, Jamison Crowder. Uh, all right, so his uh, ECR is 105, which I actually think is way too low. Um uh, his best rating is 65. His worst is 214. His ADP is 119. So people aren't really drafting Jamison Crowder. Last year he was the 31st best wide receiver. People don't... I don't get this. That he was the 31st best last year? No, I don't get why people aren't drafting him. I, I mean, we're going to be releasing this before our draft, so someone's probably going to snipe him from us. Um, last year he had 833 yards for six touchdowns. He was targeted 122 times. Justin, do you see him getting less targets this year? No, if anything, I see him getting more targets. And if Sam Darn and and Sam Darnold didn't play in three games last year, and the Jets' offense did absolutely nothing in those three games. If Sam Darnold plays all sixteen games, I mean, Jamison Crowder, you know, he should be. I don't. He's a wide receiver three, you know. So I, I don't see why people aren't drafting. Like it's hard to think. Like he's not one of the thirty-six best wide receivers in football. It's hard to think that. 
Yeah. So the, the thing about Crowder, so a lot of people when they get into the, I'll call it the Crowder portion of their draft, are looking for upside. And he doesn't really have a ton of that. Like he's not going to be an A.J. Brown who you get, you pick up on the waiver wire and maybe wins you your fantasy league. Um, but he's, if you have a bunch of young guys and you're looking for a guy with a really high floor, take Crowder late in your draft. He's definitely fantasy relevant. I, I think his 100%. ECR and his ADP is is absolutely bananas. Yeah, I, I don't get this one. I mean, the guy got targeted 122 times last year, uh, caught 78 balls, and you know, I, I don't know exactly how many of those targets came in the three games that Donald missed. But um, again, if, if Donald has thrown him, you know, balls in three more games, he probably ends up with something more like maybe 85, 86 receptions last year. Justin, and which was the game the where he had 19 receptions though? That was that with Donald. This is bad podcasting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, we, we, we'll look that up. Uh, we'll look that up later. But um, I guess our there's also on some Jameson fun Crowder. fantasy names that you can do with Crowder. Uh, so, like, I, I live in New England, though my heart's always in New York. And just some fun things you could do with like Crow, you know, Crowder, Chowder. They sound very similar. <laughs> so, you know, it's always fun to have one of the Crowders on your fantasy football or fantasy basketball team, just for the Chowder references you can make in your fantasy name. Yeah, I apologize for not uh, being able to look up uh, the Jamison Crowder game log fast enough. I was hoping to uh, get to it while you were uh, talking well, about Well, we'll move the, ahead uh... <laughs> and then we can move back. It'll be fine. So the, the next player we're going to talk about currently has a hamstring injury, which is the least surprising thing that we've ever heard is that the Jets, uh, he was a second round draft pick, has already hurt, is Denzel Mims. So Denzel Mims, uh, a lot of um, scouts were really mixed on. So a lot of scouts heading into the draft had him as a, a first round pick. Uh, or second round pick, some scouts actually had them him in like the sixth or seventh round. Um, so he's he's a very divisive football player. I don't know this from watching game tape. I know this from the research I did. Um, his ECR is 191, so he's not being drafted. His best ranking is 87. His worst is 322, which is not being drafted. His ADP is 165. I, I think the conclusion here is if you're in a, like a traditional dynasty league, not a keeper league, that he's definitely worth drafting. But the question is, will he be good this year? So what do we know about him? He's big. He's he's good tracking the ball. Um, he's, he's, a, he's good at running after the ball, but his problem is he doesn't play extremely fast. So he's I think of him like he's, he's a little like Hopkins, right? Like Hopkins doesn't have blazing speed, but he's good at hunting the ball. He's, he's big like Hopkins. Um, I'm not saying he will be anywhere as good as Hopkins, but if you're looking for like true upside for a guy who doesn't have blazing speed... But is you know he's good at catching and big. That that's probably a you know an okay kind of comparison for the proto the archetype that he is. Um, I will not be drafting him in in our league just because I don't think he has a ton of upside this year and he's already hurt. But I, I I'm very I think he might be a very good player in the future for them. So I think uh, we with Denzel Mims we have to tell the story about what happened uh, oh, sure. on draft night with Denzel Mims. So. Uh, but last we should, year, we should preface this saying we don't know anything about Denzel Mims before draft night. We just saw that exactly. people thought he was so, going to be good. And we're excited about him. Yes. So Denzel Mims was a second round pick. So going, let's 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 backtrack to the draft. So the two big needs for the Jets going into the draft are offensive line and wide receiver. The Jets end up taking Mackay Becton with the eleventh pick, and now we're thinking, okay, they went offensive line in the first round. They have to go. Uh, they have to go wide receiver in the second round. The Jets. On draft night in the second round, have the 48th overall pick, which is the 16th pick in the second round. Uh, 
So going into round two, uh, you know, according to like Mel Kuyper's big board that we're going off of, and again, we don't watch a lot of college football, so we don't really know. But it says on my, Mel Kuyper's big board that there's three receivers that are way better than everybody else. T. Higgins from Clemson, Michael Pittman of USC, and Denzel Mims of Baylor. Uh, the Bengals end up taking T. Higgins with the first pick in the second round. The Colts take Michael Pittman with the second pick in the second round. We're like, oh, crap, we're not going to get one of these three guys. So then all of a sudden, the draft is going along. Uh and teams either aren't taking receivers or they're taking other receivers. Then all of a sudden the Jets pick comes up at 48. Denzel Mims is still sitting there like, oh great, we're still going to get him. And then uh, uh, Douglas ends up trading back 11 picks with the Seattle Seahawks. And we're like, no, why are they doing this? And we understand where they're getting another pick, but we really need this receiver. And then oh, lo and behold, all of a sudden Denzel Mims actually falls to them at 59. While all these other receivers are being taken ahead of him. And at the time, we're like, oh, my God, what a great move by Douglas. Then we step away. We kind of, you know, look at Denzel Mims. He has good college numbers. He looks good in the tape. But there is one thing about Denzel Mims that's very, very concerning. And that's in that in Baylor's biggest game last year, the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma, a game in which if Baylor had won, they would have qualified for the National College Football Playoff. Denzel Mims was healthy, played the whole game, and did not have a catch. That is very concerning to me. I'm really hoping that that game is just some sort of really weird outlier and he's great, but the fact he didn't have a catch, he's already got an injury, the Jets' history with uh, failing on second-round picks, I am very, very concerned about Denzel Mims. I will not be drafting him in any of my leagues this year. Um, even beyond worrying about whether or not he's a fantasy asset, I just worry about is he going to be any sort of asset for the Jets, period. I am very, very concerned about Denzel Mims. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's great because the Jets really uh, need a good young receiver, but uh, I, I just have serious doubts that Denzel Mims is going to be that guy. I would draft him in a dynasty league. And, I mean, who cares about one game, Justin? People have bad games all the time. Don't. don't but it was him. the big. It was their biggest game. It's he not like, he, it's not like he had a random game against Iowa State and was disengaged and didn't have a catch. Well, neither it was one the of us Big 12 it. championship. We don't know the, if he was throwing the ball. He, it, who knows if that's the Big the ball. Twelve is a conference that historically plays no defense. All right, so we have spent a lot of time, thirty minutes, on four players who aren't particularly fantasy relevant. We'll try to move through. Well, that's not fair. Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder are very fantasy relevant. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll try to move these through these last ones uh, a little quicker. So the next one's Brashard Perriman. Um, so his ECR is one thirty nine. His best ranking seventy five, which may surprise people. His worst is two forty. His ADP is one thirty five. So last year's numbers were pretty pedestrian. It was 36 receptions for 645 yards and six touchdowns. That's a little deceptive, though. So week 13 through 17, um, where there were some other injuries to the Tampa Bay wide receiving core, uh, he w uh, had 87 yards, 7 yards, 113 yards, 102 yards, 134 yards, and four touchdowns. In one game, he had three touchdowns. So I, I think the thing with Perriman is he's he's got a, a ton of upside. We have no idea how he's going to play with Darnold. They're not going to have a ton of time to get to know each other on the field. Um, it's a little concerning how many different teams he's played on, but if you're looking for a guy with some real elite upside on the Jets, Perriman, I think, is your man. Yeah, I mean, hard to know what to make of it here. I mean, in one of my other fantasy leagues last year, I picked up Rashad Perriman, uh, ended up putting him right into my uh, starting lineup during the fantasy playoffs, and he was a guy that performed for me big in the fantasy playoffs. I ended up in that league. I ended up falling short in the championship, but it wasn't because of Rashad Perriman. 
Can he be as good as Robbie Anderson? Yes. I mean, why not? Look, Prashad Perriman's not going to cost you a lot. I mean, you'll be drafting him at a point in the league where you're drafting bench guys. I think he's worth a flyer late uh, if you're in an auction league. I I can't imagine he's going to cost more than a couple of dollars. And honestly, so, if Mims is hurt, they're going to throw the ball at him a million times. He's going to have 100,000 targets, and he'll he'll probably be flex-worthy in a lot of those games. Adam, Adam. What? That is a ridiculous... They only play 16 games. 100,000, that is a ridiculous amount of targets. I'm sorry. Not I know you said you're not very good at math, but the math just doesn't add up there. I'm not terrible at math. I'm just not as good as you are at math. Do you realize how many... I mean, come on. That, you're talking about him getting about 15,000 targets per game. That was good math. They're going to be playing from behind. They're going to have to throw him the ball like a million times. Oh, wait. No, I just did bad math. That's like sick. It'd be like getting like seven or 8,000 targets a game. Do you really think he's going to get seven or 8,000 targets per game? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, so if he gets 8,000 targets per game, then uh, yes, draft. Then draft Bashad Perriman. All right. So this, this <laughs> next guy is really the last Jet who's being drafted in a lot of leagues. Um, and he's one guy who you should go after. He also has some really good upside. And there's some reasons to believe that he could be a starter and that's uh, on your fantasy team. That's Chris Herndon. So his ECR is 157. His best ranking is 106. His worst is 260. His ADP is 182. So he's not always being drafted. You could probably get him pretty late in your league. He didn't play last year. I think he played just like a couple of snaps in one game. But in 2018, he had 39 receptions with Darnold on 56 targets, four touchdowns, and 502 yards. They had some really nice chemistry. And as we've said before, the Jets don't have a lot of weapons. They're going to have to throw it to somebody. Um, so there's reason to believe that Herndon could be a good player in your fantasy team. Um, so a friend of the pod, Lance Kravitz, who went to Miami. Uh, Chris Herndon also went to Miami. So we know uh, Lance loves Lance uh, loves uh, some Chris Herndon. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, um, he could be a good, a decent uh, fantasy tight end. Uh, maybe if this ends up being his uh, breakout season, you know, maybe he could end up being a low end tight end one. Uh, you know, high end tight tight end two. Um, you know, certainly at a minimum, probably is a good uh, bye week replacement uh, at tight end. But uh, yeah, I mean, we hope uh, Chris Herndon is good. Um, you know, the Jets, you know, obviously were very upset that he didn't play at all last year. I think he had a suspension, then he came back from the suspension and got immediately hurt. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy this year and uh, we'll be good. Um, let's move on. So the next guy uh, who maybe will also help Chris Herndon be good is uh, Ryan Griffin. Uh, Ryan Griffin uh, ended up starting most of the game, basically the whole season at tight end for the Jets last year. They ended up deciding to bring him back. Uh, this will allow the Jets to run a lot of two tight end sets with both Herndon and Griffin. Uh, I don't think Ryan Griffin is really being drafted. Um, He's not. Ryan Ryan Griffin had uh, two big games last year. He had 109 yards against Washington. He had another two touchdown game against Jacksonville. I think what that ends up meaning is that uh, if you're uh, looking for a tight end on a bye week and you're really desperate, um, you could stream Ryan Griffin and at least he's shown the capability that – here or there, you might get lucky, and he might give you a big game, but uh, it's I don't, not someone that's worth drafting. Unless Herndon was hurt, I wouldn't pick him up if I had my tight end on a bye week. I'm pretty sure you can get you know a low-end starter on a bye week. Yeah, I, I think I'm saying like if you're really, really desperate. I mean, maybe, really. the matchup was good. I guess. <laughs> I think more that the two tight end sets will be used pretty frequently and it increases the upside on their offense because they have two average to above average tight ends. Um, but I don't... Right. I th- 
Yeah, I think I think we've talked enough about Ryan Griffin. Uh, me, me as well. Next guy, uh, the ageless wonder Frank Gore. Current so for, so right now we are going into year twelve of our uh, hometown fantasy league. I'm pretty sure Frank Gar Frank Gore is one of the only non quarterbacks to have been drafted every single year in the history of our draft. Will he make it a twelfth year this year? No. Wow. So you don't think someone takes a last round flyer on Frank Gore? No. <laughs> Why would you do that? Um, I mean, I guess he uh, he did still have 600 yards last year. Um, he's still a useful NFL player. Um, Is he, he did just cut. He still ha- he did have a hamstring injury uh, this week. So Justin, go draft that's Frank Gore in your last round. That's great. Do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you wanted to uh, draft uh, Frank Gore in the last round of your fantasy draft, just because you're probably gonna end up dropping that guy anyway. Um, I guess, but uh, Instead, I think the other guy is... Instead, Michael Perrine. Don't take Frank yeah. Gore. If something happens to Le'Veon Bell, I mean, Gore will get more use, but he has zero upside. Yeah. Uh, so, LeMichael Perrine, uh, the, that's uh, the Jets. Currently, their third running back, but I think he's really their second running back. Uh, the Jets used a fourth-round pick on him, uh, as we've seen in the NFL in recent years. Uh, you have plenty of running backs that get drafted at this range that end up being fantasy-relevant. Uh you know, he was a very good college player uh, at the University of Florida uh, in the, you know, playing in the SEC, the toughest conference in the country. He uh, he averaged 6.2 yards per carry as a junior. That went down to 5.1 last year as a senior, but I mean... 5.1 is still, really still good pretty year. good and college numbers yeah. are really fluky. Yeah, and as a senior last year, his first three years in college didn't really catch a lot, but really emerged as a pass catcher last year. Uh, had 40 catches and 262 yards. Uh, in college, he found the end zone a lot last year. He had 11 total touchdowns in 13 games. So, uh, I mean, you know, neither Honestly, of us... though, there's so many rookie running backs who went ahead of him. If you're looking to take a flyer on a young guy, I don't know if I mean, you'd look, be the one that took... We're, we're a podcast that talks about the Jet. If you want to draft someone in the late rounds from your favorite if team you... who maybe you catch lightning in a bottle with, sure. I mean, put it this way. Once you get to the 14th, 15th, 16th rounds of your draft, is it a bad move to take LaMichael Perrine? I don't think it's a bad move to draft anybody once you get that late in the draft. I think there's other rookie running backs I'd rather have that late. If you have Le'Veon Bell and are looking to handcuff him, sure, take him late. But you wait till very late because I don't think anyone else in your draft is going to take him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're almost done. So uh, last thing we wanted to talk about was... Uh, the Jets' defense. So the Jets' defense was the 12th best fantasy defense in 2019. So that's a starting defense in most leagues. Um, it is safe to say, it is you know worth saying though that they played a very easy schedule down the stretch. I don't think they were a top 12 fantasy defense through the first 10 weeks last year, but they were a very startable defense down the stretch because they were playing so many bad teams. Uh, you know, about a month ago, you probably would have thought that the Jets' defense was going to be better than you do now. Um, Jamal Adams is no longer on this team. C.J. Mosley's opted out of the season, so he's no longer on that team. Uh, you know, one thing about fantasy defenses is, uh, it's you know how successful your fantasy defense ends up being a lot more uh, dependent on you know forcing turnovers and getting sacks than points allowed. So I I, I do think the Jets' defense could be decent in the sense that. Maybe they don't allow a million points, but it's also a defense that without those two guys probably isn't going to turn teams over quite as much as, you know, maybe you would have thought a month ago. So I I, well, I think there's... So a lot of people stream defenses. You and I frequently do that. Let's look at their 
their schedule and figure out who would you potentially stream them against. So I would not yeah. stream them against the Bills. Well, well, I I don't know about that. I mean, just be, put it this way. Like, like I was just saying, though, you know, a lot of times with your defense, it's about forcing turnovers. And I think, again, you look at, like, could you stream the defense or want to carry the Jets? And this is the point I was getting to, is that you look at their first seven games. So they play Buffalo twice. Josh Allen turn, throws a million interceptions. I don't know that that's – I mean, I think that's a team you definitely could uh, stream the Jets against. Why wouldn't you stream the Jets against the Bills? Hold on, I'm looking against at a quarterback that turns the ball over a lot. Looking at his uh, his numbers from last year. So Josh Allen last year had nine interceptions in 16 games. How many games. fumbles? And Sam Darnold had 13. But we're not comparing. It's not about comparing nine interceptions, Josh Allen. Nine interceptions is not a lot. The How many times are, did he fumble the football? Um, so I got to look up his rushing numbers for that. Thanks, Justin. Point being it, I don't know. It felt like Buffalo. It felt like Allen turned the ball over a really, lot. Is that serious? What? It says he fumbled it 14 times. Is that real? Yes. Okay. It, that was my point. I knew he turned the ball over a lot. So you That's... throw in the fumble numbers and his inability to hold on to the football. That is why I was saying I would. I don't think it's a bad idea to stream the Jets against Buffalo. I think that's Allen the most fumbles. The ball over. I think that's the most fumbles a quarterback's ever had in the history of the NFL. Probably. Okay. So like I said, I apologize for not remembering whether it was interceptions versus fumbles, but I did remember that Josh Allen had a very tough time holding on to the football. All right, uh, not against the Niners, week two. Not against the Colts, week three. Maybe what? Again? Against- Phil- what are you talking about? Phillip Rivers throws a million interceptions. Last year when he had to. The Colts have... I don't know. I you think that's another one them against the Colts, stream Justin. Have fun. Okay, week four, they get Denver at home on a Thursday night. As we've seen in recent years, when you're the home team on a Thursday, that's always a spot where you could stream a defense. Except for uh, the home team doesn't matter this year because there's no fans. Well, it matters in terms of travel. Right. I mean, you're talking about Denver having to travel 2,500 miles on a short week. All right. Arizona's got an amazing offense. I wouldn't stream them against the Cardinals. Chargers, you definitely could stream them against. Espe- yep. Well, especially if Justin Herbert's the uh, quarterback by then. But I guess our uh, my point, I, I feel like my uh, co-host doesn't agree with me quite as much. Is I think there's a lot of spots in the first seven weeks where the Jets could be a... Uh, startable defense where they're playing opposing quarterbacks who cough up the football whether don't that's start via him interception against, or fumble don't start him against patrick mahomes in week eight ladies and gentlemen yeah i would not start the jets you know what, against uh, they, the you might just want to draft them so week 10 so they have the pats in week nine cam turns the ball over week 10 and 12 they got the dolphins you got the raiders in week 13 i wouldn't start them against the seahawks in week 14 but then you have the rams the browns and the pats i don't know they actually they might be worth keeping on your team yeah, you may, maybe you've talked me into it. Maybe the Jets should be a defense that ends up uh, being rostered. getting drafted. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right. We just spent 45 minutes talking about the team with the least amount of fantasy-relevant players in all of football. So I don't know how we did that. We should get an award, I guess. The, yeah. Hey, look. We reach out to the Jets fans. I, you know, because put, put it this way. I'm sure most fantasy football podcasts are you know, not giving much time to the Jets. We want to give the Jets fans, the loyal Jets fans, you know, at least some time and talk about them. Even if uh, they might not be the most fantasy relevant team, here's your podcast where, you know, cl- clearly two, uh, you know, big time fantasy experts are uh, talking about them. Um, if you're a Jet fan, we hope you at least enjoyed this. Uh, it's, it's our team. You know, closer to the season, we'll talk about how many uh, wins and losses maybe we think this team will actually get. But, uh, 
Follow. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at born87pod. Send us an email at born87pod at gmail.com. Um, let us know how we're doing. Thank you for listening to us. If you like us, please, please, please tell tell uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, give us a five-star rating in the Apple uh, Podcast Store? Apple Podcast App? App. App? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, happy drafting, everyone. <laughs>